Welcome to the 11th show in the CIPR Social Media Panel C-Suite podcast series. I'm Russell Goldsmith and this week I take special delight in welcoming my three guests to the studios of Marketeers 40C. As a couple of months ago, I was criticised for having an all-male panel on show eight of the series. And as I said at the time, it's about who are the appropriate experts and also who's available at the time of recording. So today, my three available experts are all female. Firstly, we have Nicola Green, who is not only Director of Communications and Reputation at O2, but was recently listed in PR Week's UK Power Book. Um, LinkedIn's Senior Internal Communications Manager for EMEA, um, Natasha Gowans. And Sarah Ogden, who is a Board Director at Three Monkeys Communications. So welcome to all three of you. Um, now, the topic for today's show is social media's role in internal communications. And as well as chatting to my guests here, I've also managed to grab a couple of interviews at the recent PR Week Internal Communications Europe event that I attended in Amsterdam with uh, translation experts Conversis, who were partners of the event. Um, and so we'll be also hearing from Holly Bostock, who is Global Channels Manager for Internal Comms at Heineken International, and Michael Nord, Principal Consultant at The Fifth Business. So a packed show today, plenty to get through. And of course, if you've got any comments you want to make whilst you're listening, please do tweet them using the hashtag hash CIPRC suite. Nicola, uh, before we chat internal comms, how does it feel to be listed as one of the brightest and most influential PR professionals in Britain, which is how PR Week describe uh, the list they put together in their latest power book? Wow, I don't know if I can live up to that title. But um, no, it's, it is a great honour. And it's always difficult, I think, taking praise for yourself. It's always you, you try and take praise for the campaigns that you do. And I think for me, what makes me is just the great team that I've got back at O2 who just really helped me to be the best I can and together we push each other to deliver the best comps so I'm very pleased and I take that honour on behalf of all the team not Excellent. just not just for me. You'd make a great Oscar speech. <laughs> I haven't cried yet, that's coming later. <laughs> um, now you've been at O2 for over four years um, and what I was keen to, to find out was how much uh, social media's influence within internal comms has changed in, in that time in the organisation. I mean, but, maybe, yeah. but I was going to say, maybe could you give us a, like an overview of what platforms you use and also how they help to engage all the employees? I guess you've got like a whole load of you know, range yeah, of, we of have. jobs and we, that you have to And we have the traditional ones like the intranet, which I think every company, big company has, which is something that we develop and we make sure that all our core content goes on that. What's quite interesting is Yammer. So Yammer is a platform that actually was developed by our employees. So you have a totally different conversation on the Yammer platform than you do on our intranet platform. And I think that's that's really interesting to know that and to recognise that because what you put out and how you engage with our employees via Yammer is quite different to how we'll do the big broadcast communications that we do via the internet. Okay. What is quite interesting that we've done um, over the last year is create something called O2AMP, um, which is about getting our employees to be ambassadors for the brand. So we now have a list of uh, top 50 employees that share content um, and they we brief them like we would brief our journalists, like we would brief our social media people. Is is that sharing content externally? Externally. As, right, okay. Which I think is quite interesting because if you can share externally, I actually think there's a massive blurring ha- happening between internal and external and we're seeing it even more. And certainly I'm actually using the external way to actually communicate to employees and that's become especially quite useful in the situation that we're in at the moment where we've got Hutchinson One Poa trying to buy us. Um, and so there's a lot of kind of talk internally about whether that's a good or a bad thing. And there was some 
inconsistencies, some facts that weren't correct that were being spread out in the, in the um, internally within the company. And so therefore, I made sure that Ronan, our CEO, when he did an interview with BBC Breakfast, he actually got those messages across. And it was amazing how powerful that was. And I think therefore, we shouldn't underestimate and just see internal comms just purely as a silo and we just talk to employees. I think the way that comms is going, the merger of the two together means that there's a real opportunity to look at different channels to communicate to your employees as well. That's interesting. I, I think we're going to see a theme coming through because you'll hear in the interviews I've got later on that I grabbed at, at, the, at the conference I went to where I met Natasha. It's a very similar theme that, that seems to be uh, coming through on, on that. Uh, Nat, Natasha, let's bring you in at this point. I mean, uh, at that event, you did a really impressive presentation um, about LinkedIn's Bring Your Parents to Work Day, um, which I have to say, if, if I had to bring my mum into, to, well, I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but I think <laughs> I'd be absolutely uh, a little bit scared if I had to bring my mum to the office. But um, from what you presented, that campaign looked a, a, a real huge success. Um, and I know you had other companies involved, SAP, uh, Logitech, Virgin Media got involved in it as well. Could you give us a quick overview on that? But also how social media played its part in making that such a success? I mean, obviously, LinkedIn is a is a social platform. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so bring in your parents day is exactly all about that. So you bring in your parents or um, if, you, if your parents aren't around or aren't available, you bring in, you know, another kind of influential person in your life. And I, I brought my dad and my stepmom in. And it was so funny kind of seeing everyone regress back to teenagers. Like my dad, we had a Q&A and my dad had his hand straight up to ask the first question. I was so embarrassed. Um, but the campaign as a whole, what it's all about is, you know, your parents are there for you throughout your childhood through these really important milestones in your life. You know, they're, they're there for you on your first day at school, maybe your graduation, um, and probably, you know, when you're getting your first job as well, they're there to support you. But then something kind of funny happens when you enter in, into the world of work and they're just, you don't seem to have that same amount of acknowledgement. And it's not because they don't care. It's just because there's a real lack of understanding. You know, the workplace now is very different to what it was for them. And LinkedIn did a survey with our employees and our members on LinkedIn um, and we found that one in three parents don't understand what their grown-up children do at work. So we decided that this could be a really interesting, very emotional kind of campaign, the kind of thing that would resonate really well on social media. And um, we had around 1,800 LinkedIn parents participate. Um, as you say, we had other companies other companies as well kind of take part. So we had 50 external companies. And that resulted in, um, you know, days organised around the world where people were showing their parents, like, what their workplace is all about, um, meeting their bosses, meeting their colleagues. And we just found that it really kind of humanises people. And our employees took to social media about this, um, you know, posting pictures, updates, and we had um, we had five thousand mentions on social media with a reach of thirty eight million. So for us, this was a really interesting project. And that, and that links nicely with what Nicola, what you're saying about it's it's con, it's like an internal project in, in effect, an internal cons project to start with. But then it's being shared externally 
you know beyond beyond the company, obviously. Yeah, and I think I think that's really good, and that's a great way of expanding your message and getting it out to a much wider audience. Because some of the campaigns that you do do internally are, are really good, and you should yeah. shout about it externally and get as much out of it as you possibly can. Um, so anything you can do like that, I think, really helps position. I mean, it's great for LinkedIn. It's great positioning for your brand. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that's a really good thing. Thanks. Uh, Sarah, let's bring you into the discussion here. I mean, just hearing about that campaign, do you, do you think the fact that employees are now so used to using social media outside of work and talks about you know how, how many people are sharing that content, it's only inevitable that it's trended into the workplace and that companies are, in, you know, hopefully more companies are embracing it as part of their, their toolkit for internal comms? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's huge. I mean, it's no surprise that some of the biggest enterprise tech developers in the world are developing, you know, their their tools and technologies very much based on social media that people are using in their personal lives because they want people to adopt, you know, the adoption curve to be really quick and really meaningful. Um, I think social media is, is hugely powerful. It's interesting listening to everyone's contribution so far and you could almost rephrase this about, you know, understanding the potency of employees and what you can do with them and how social media is both a tool for communication and engagement from an internal comms point of view, but also it's a platform for collaboration. It's a platform where you can actually bring employees together to build things together, whether it's product ideas, whether it's thinking about innovation in the workplace, you know, thinking about actually how, how as a business you can be better beyond communications. You know, it's, it's massive. D- does it bring with it, though, some rather um, difficult challenges, let's say, when it comes to sharing content. And only this morning I was chatting to someone about um, the issue that HSBC had. I don't know if you saw that, you know, with one of their internal events and a rather um, interesting photo got shared on, on social media, um, you know, which which suddenly creates more issues to deal with. As it happens, HSBC dealt with that very well. But I mean, you know, does it now bring more challenges that, that that's created even more you know, problems? Opportunities always bring challenge, don't yep. they? I guess that's part part of the rub. But it's about how it's managed and how you you know how you approach it. Um, I think you know there is no you know as Nicola said there isn't really internal or external comms anymore. There's just kind of brand comms, and it's about recognizing you know employees, your frontline ambassadors. You know if you're putting out a campaign to your customers and prospects about the kind of business you are and that you want to be, but the experience for employees back on back on the shop front, you know, back in the shop front front line is completely mm. different. You're going to find really quickly that that campaign is going to hit, hit the skids really. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think smart brands like O2 and, you know, LinkedIn are really recognising that, you know, it's a massive opportunity to tell your story in a, in a real authentic way and employees are the best people to do that. Excellent. Nicola, you were about to... Say. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's it goes down to trust. You've got to trust your employees. You'll only get the best work from them if you trust them. And there will be time times when employees don't do or they say something that they shouldn't. But I think actually that's quite few and far between. I think the education, we've done a lot about educating our employees around social media and just the power of it and, and what potential issues that they could fall and get into the traps of. And I think that's really helped them. Because, but being open and having that open conversation without being prescriptive and saying you've got to share stuff about us or you've got to say how great we are. We don't do that. We, we If there are people that don't like some of the things that we do, we do have personal conversations with them. And I think that's the link internally where you've got to talk to the HR department, you've got to make sure you're joined up as an organisation so you can deal with that. Because if that person is saying it on social, there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. So let's get underneath that issue yeah. and hopefully address it and therefore it won't happen again. But 
I think those people, I mean, uh, one of my friends worked for a company which will remain nameless who is not, they're not allowed on Facebook or LinkedIn and it's all kind of closed down. They can only do it in their kind of personal time. And I just think that's just so naive. So naive in today's society that they don't realise that this is impacting their employees and you can't hide them away from it. Um, but I think there are still some out there that okay. don't have that trust in employees and I sure. think that's sad. Yeah. Okay, well, taking a break from the, the discussion at the moment, well, um, as I mentioned, I met Natasha at the uh, the PR Week Internal Comms Europe event and uh, while I was there, I managed to grab a couple of interviews, the first of which was with Michael Nord and Michael's principal consultant at The Fifth Business and I started by asking him what he had thought of the opening presentations. I think there's been some very good sharing of how people do things, how people engage employees in different settings, whether it's uh, blue-collar or white-collar people, uh, in different cultural backgrounds with different languages, using new tools, thinking outside the box, uh, going away from the traditional way we have done internal communications. And uh, I've picked up a few uh, new ideas that I may be able to share with my clients and see if they would take the bite and, and go for it. Well, what a- in terms of the challenges that, that have been discussed, because we've heard a lot of different, uh, since some great presentations this morning, but what for you has been the biggest challenge that uh, has been highlighted today? I think that the uh, intranet as we have known it for the past 10, 12 years is dying. Um, I think uh, our first speaker, Philip, from the uh, Port Authorities of Antwerp, was sort of pointing out that if you want the latest version of a document, you may not find it on the intranet because the intranet hasn't been updated. And I think... At the same time, we're seeing different departments moving into different kind of media, and it's, it's not all aligned. So, so I think it's about the new way of sharing in a digital, different digital format than we have been used to. Yeah, we've, we've, heard, we've heard a lot of um, digital and social tools that have been sort of highlighted and, and a couple of case studies uh, shown today. Is, is, there any, is there a couple that have sort of caught your eye that you're either already using or that you that you've thought, yeah, I must get some more information on that, that maybe our listeners can find out more information about? I heard some companies struggled with how to use Yammer and how to use SharePoint, and it's something that I've been using for a number of years now and have great success with. Uh, but they are challenging because they they're, they're quite, can be quite daunting because they're so big and there's so many opportunities, and also because you have sort of s- social media fatigue happening. Uh, so it is about us internal communication dr- communicators driving it getting new content out there, starting new conversations, and also finding subject matter experts that can help drive that conversations and share their knowledge. Because for me, it's all about sharing. It's about learning from others and and hearing how other people do their stuff and and get on with business. Sarah, uh, Michael mentioned social media fatigue in that interview. Do you you share that concern at all? No, it was interesting when he said something about um, intranets dying because, you know, I've sort of worked in digital media comms for 15 years and if I had a pound for every person that said some media format or other is dying, I'd be really rich. Um, I think the reality is that, um, you know, social media techniques, platforms, you know, constantly evolving, you know, look, where's MySpace, etc. I was just reading something about the Bebo founders the other day who's spent, did really well selling for 550 million and now run a fish and chip shop very happily in Devon. <laughs> but, you know, so media platforms are always going to be changing and new ones, you know, evolving. I think what's really important is that we don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. I think the reality is that just because new formats exist doesn't mean that everyone's going to want to be the kind of person that tweets and socialises and talks and engages. I think, you know, a really interesting stat is that 90% on social media 
actually just watch and listen that they don't respond and they don't have any desire to mm. so you know is the internet dead you know I don't know really probably maybe but actually there's still a lot lot from an internal comms point of view that people just want to be told stuff and they want to take it and they want to carry on with what they're doing um, so social media fatigue probably because it's become you know it's all we can talk about um, but actually peel that back and let's talk about the behaviours and the business opportunities and actually it's really bloody interesting so no fatigue from me Natasha I guess you will uh, not say there's any social media fatigue at, at LinkedIn <laughs> <laughs> no um, we, we actually don't really have an intranet which is it is interesting and I think um, we, we're we actually use kind of I guess relatively old-fashioned ways of communicating to our employees so we hold a company all hands every two weeks um, for all employees and our CEO stands up and talks for an hour. Um, other people talk as well. And it's kind of, it's a real um, element of our culture and there's a lot of, there's kind of fun and entertainment involved but we're also using it to share communication. So for us, that's um, been a very successful way to communicate and um, uh, we are in the process of developing an internet so I don't think it's dead. Um, I think there's a, like you say, there's a time and a place. There's People are always going to want information from their company. Um, but we really try to do it in a much more face-to-face, personalised way. And we find our employees like that. They okay. love it. Um, okay, now, I, I couldn't produce a show without uh, about internal comms without um, some contribution from my social media panel colleague, Rachel Miller. Um, and Rachel's from All Things I See. And she's asked, how do you ensure your external social media activities and internal realities match up? And she gave an example of looking at uh, culture of the organisation and the way it's portrayed externally versus what employees say about it. Natasha, let's let's start with you on that one. Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one. Um, like, I think I agree with that 100% that culture is super, super important. So if... For me at LinkedIn, our culture is an absolute dream for me as an internal communicator because every single decision that's made by leadership, they really do think about culture and how that will impact. And as a result, everyone feels like an ownership of the culture, so from leaders like all the way down. And people experience it right from the interview process kind of all through their career. So... For us, when we're seeing employees comment on social media, we don't really have a concern because it's it's an authentic, it's their authentic voice sharing what's happening within the company. Um, so I, I can't, I, I think it would be extremely difficult to kind of manage that if you had um, poor engagement. But I have worked in companies where the engagement has been a lot lower and I just think employees aren't as interested with sharing stuff on their personal social media because they're just not as engaged. So, yeah, I think culture is really critical. Nicola, what's your thoughts there? I mean, my thoughts around it are I think that we only produce now one piece of comms. So there used to be the time when the internal comms team would take an external message and internalise it um, so it was right for our people and we've actually got rid of that now. We've actually we produce comms that is relevant for our stakeholders wherever they are, whether that's our employees, whether that is external as well. And I think that's made a big difference about having just that open culture and you don't have a difference between what people are saying externally about what people are saying internally because it's all the same. Um, but that has taken some time. There will always be messages that you only need to communicate internally, obviously. Um, but I think that that's been quite a big shift for us as an organisation. And... We are very much, our culture is is driven by our people. 
And I think our role as or comms people is to create the content that they get excited about and that they want to share, whether that is a really good advertising campaign or whether it's a video. We do a lot of video internally. Um, and I think that's really important, getting people wanting to share, wanting to get involved. We run things so that we get our employees to actually be the presenters, just like you are here today. The, you know, we have people from who work in shops who desperately want to kind of star in the video. I hope they, and do, we a love better, them. I hope they do a better job at <laughs> no, presenting. No, I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to say that. But And I think that's what you've got to do. You've got to have an inclusive yeah. and you've got to make the communications everybody's okay. and so that they feel part of it. Well, you've given me the perfect lead into my into the next bit of audio that I've got because talking about doing videos and getting employees to, do, to be presenters... Um, so the, the second interview I recorded at the PR Week event, I, I spoke to Holly Bostock. Um, she's Global Channels Manager for Internal Comms at Heineken International. Um, and she presented a case study uh, which was very much about um, in, internal videos, and it was called The Green Room. Um, and so I started by asking her how and why it came about. So Green Room is really our communications channel at Heineken for really driving this idea of employee advocacy, and it straddles sort of internal communication and external communication. It was thought of um, to replace two of our internal communication channels, a very traditional print magazine and also an online magazine, which needed a bit of an upgrade. And we'd really gone through a lot of reflecting on, on who are our employees at Heineken, what do they like, what are we trying to achieve as internal communication. And this idea of advocacy came up very strong for us because 87% of our employees are proud to work for Heineken. We're in over 70 countries. We have 80,000 employees, a great, diverse, dynamic workforce, and loads of really cool brands and great stories. So we really wanted a place where... You know, employees could see all these fab, cool stories and get to know each other, you know, hear it from the voice of the employees. And you know what? Then they could share it. If there are ambassadors and they want to share these stories, absolutely fine with us. Well, that, well that's one of the interesting aspects of what you were, what you were sharing, but obviously for the benefit of, of our listeners, maybe you can talk through some of the, the cool features that are getting people to share the content, because like you say, that's one of the key things, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So our role in, in this project as global communications is to be curators of the content. So we know that there are great, cool stories in our breweries, on the ground, and it's our job to help find the right people and the right ways to tell them so that people want to share content on their social media. People, you know, have a desire they think this is cool, they do it. So how it, um, how it works and how the, some of the cool features is, you go in and there is videos, there's blogs, there's infographics, there's fact cards that flip around, and there's the idea of having cool stories and facts at your fingertips. And then what each employee can do is press a share button, and it goes straight to their social media. It can be on LinkedIn, it can be on Twitter, Facebook, Google, um, and they can share the content themselves directly with their networks. Um, that's probably the coolest feature and also this idea of employee reporters so all of the content is made by employees for employees and so under each piece of content you can see who those people are they're real people they've got you know really cool photos of who they are there they're not very standard corporate ones and people can get to know our company from the inside out it's interesting a couple of the themes that are coming out of the conference today is about how um, and, and obviously this is key for our uh, podcast that we produce in terms of the impact that social media is having and what you're talking about here is whilst it's internal comms content you're encouraging employees to then share that externally through their social channels that's a that's a i suppose 
one of the key features of the whole platform, is it? Yeah, absolutely. And we all know whether it's Heineken or other companies, people do share information about their companies on social media. So why not give them great stories, great facts that they want to show off? We, we did a lot of research about this, and we heard that 78% of our employees do talk to their social circle about Heineken. They do share information. So we know it's happening. We know so, there was 30% of people shared something about Heineken on social media every month. But they sometimes didn't have the right stories or the right facts, or it was always just sharing our advertising, which is very cool, of course, and we, of course we're still are happy for them to do so. But giving them a slightly different angle or maybe one of our CSR stories is a little bit different. Okay, and so just to finish off, um, where can our listeners go to find out more information and maybe see some of these videos as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anybody externally can access Greenroom. It's greenroom.heineken.com. So greenroom.heineken.com. You have to go through an age gate because we are an alcohol company and, of course, you need to be over legal drinking age to access it. But you can go on, you can see the content, you can even hit share as well on some of the, the content if you like it. That's fantastic. Holly Bostock of uh, Heineken International, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Russell. Sarah, I particularly liked Holly's description um, of people with your role um, being curators of content. Um, and there's, as we mentioned this at the top of the show as well. There's definitely a theme here of, of mobilising employees to use external social media to help spread internal messages. Uh, is, is this now a given? Are we seeing this more and more? Do you think? Absolutely, absolutely. I think employees are, um, you know, employees are a channel in their own right without wanting to dehumanise them. I think. You know, it's it's fairly obvious to say that people buy people at the end of the day. I think there's some great stats, and I know and Natasha might have some to add to this, but there's some great stats that say, um, you know, 50% of employees post about their employers, um, but also that if an individual posts is something about a brand or a business, it's going to get much more higher levels of engagement than if a brand or a business posts about them. And that's because people engage with other human beings, and, you know, social media platforms are just what it says on the tin they're social and I think you know human beings are more likely to want to engage with other human beings and to trust them and and to kind of believe them than they are perhaps organizations but I think just sort of touching back to um, this and I guess the last question I mean it's kind of all about the three monkeys mantra for us which is you know brands in their truest most potent state of being are when they really align you know who they are what they say and what they do and and this is where you know the strategic importance of social media actually as a listening tool and as an engagement tool it mustn't be overlooked it's not just a channel of you know putting stuff out there it's actually about listening and understanding your audiences better um, and I think that's you know sort of really important as well. Natasha what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, at LinkedIn, we've done research that shows that employee networks are 10 times bigger than the corporate network. So absolutely. And, and again, employee voices are just seen as more authentic. So you, so this is a no-brainer to, to use employees to share content. Um, I've seen a few examples of uh, companies similar to Heineken's Green Room. So Asda has something also called Green Room. Um, and RBS has something called Outside In. Um for us at LinkedIn, we've tried to create content in this way and share it and get employees to share it. And it does work. Um, but what we've found is that it's really difficult to then track. So how do you track if that's turned into a sales lead or if it's turned into a recruitment opportunity? It's extremely difficult. So we've got something else that we're using at the moment um, internally. It's an app called Elevate. And um, it's also available to customers on a pilot at the moment and it will be available more broadly um, this quarter. Um, and the way it works is that as a corporate communications person, as an admin, you can select um, topics or themes that are, that are, relate to your corporate 
strategy or to um, themes that you would want to share. And you can target, you can kind of find the top social influencers in your organisation. So kind of like you're doing at O2. Um, we found the top 150 most um, active employees on social media. We invited them to join and then we kind of, we surfaced them content and it's, a lot of it's internal. So there'll be stuff that our marketing teams have created or recruitment teams, but most of it's actually external, but just has a theme. So it's an external blog or news article, but it has a theme around the same kinds of things that we're trying to talk about. So we've been able to measure that and kind of see how it's turned into leads a bit more effectively. And also what we found is that it's just kind of a bit more authentic. Like instead of us creating content and giving it to people to share, it's more organic and they're we're just surfacing it, the content that's already yeah. out there. I, I, I want to come back to something that, that you just said, Sarah, um, because, and it picks up on something that you've all been talking about in terms of some employees are sharing, but some just want to, you know, you know, read and, and not necessarily, um, you know, are as active. So how do you actually, how are you measuring the engagement in terms of if someone's just passively taking part, let's say? There, there are tool, there are lots of tools out there that can show engagement. I mean, you've got to do something to be qualifying as engaging. I mean, mm. actually, you could argue just just looking at something and viewing content and consuming it is a form of engagement. Um, but you know, I think in the context of social media, engagement usually you know means liking or sharing or mm. you know commenting. And so you know, there are obviously lots of tools around. You know, a whole range of them that enable you to track and monitor that in terms of impact and sentiment and um, and, and that kind of thing. Okay, Nicola, you're nodding away yeah, again. Yeah, I am. I, I mean, our O2AMP, which is very similar to what Heineken have got, I mean, we've got 30% of the workforce currently using that, so currently sharing. So I think there's an opportunity to increase that. Um, but out of that 30%, it's reaching 9 million people, and that's really, really powerful. A much smaller amount of people are engaging in that. So only 55,000 of people are engaging in that content. Mm. But that's good. That's got to be. That's got to show that there's some growth in there. And it's a huge opportunity that we've got to take advantage of and make sure we do. It's it's also interesting, and you'll be pleased to hear this sitting at LinkedIn, but LinkedIn and also Twitter is where people tend to share it more, mm-hmm. meaning that Facebook is still very personal. Yeah. So people, yeah. our employees don't want to share work stuff on their personal account, which I totally get, yeah. but they are absolutely comfortable in sharing it on the likes of LinkedIn, which is actually the highest, and then Twitter just underneath it. So okay. it's just interesting knowing that and knowing how our employees think so that you can yeah, utilise I mean, it more. Absolutely. Well, we we see it as well and it sounds like you're very much kind of taking this approach that we want to provide content that helps our employees with their careers so yeah I mean, LinkedIn is a great place for them to share that with their peers in the industry okay um, I've got another question from uh, Rachel Miller um, Nicola I'll put this one to you has anything surprised you about the way companies communicate internally using social media um, I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think what surprises me more is people aren't doing it, and mm. um, because they're scared is yeah. is where my head is at at the moment. I. So I, this comes back to what we were saying earlier yeah. about worrying that something might go out, exactly. and, and rather than embracing the, the technology. And, and I think. And I think that's. You shouldn't be scared. This is the world. Yeah. This is the world that we live in, and you should empower people. And you know what. We have customers that probably don't like us, and that's no different. And I think, I find that hard to <laughs> but you've you've got to listen. And and our CEO always says about social media, he'll say it's a great way of walking the floor. 
And it's a great way of actually finding out what people think. So isn't it a great way to actually find out what employees really think? Because what you'll find on traditional platforms like the intranet, unfortunately, they will play the corporate game and they won't be honest and they won't say the things that they're really feeling. So social media may be another way to really unearth how your employees are feeling Mm -hmm. and make sure you give them what they need or address some concerns that they have. That's got to be good for them and also for the company. Excellent. Um, I've got a couple more questions. Oh, sorry, Sarah, you wanted to... I was just going to say, perhaps not surprise, but definitely delight. Like, there's a couple of um, things that we've seen recently that are really interesting about how things are kind of going to the next level. Um, A client of ours, Aperio, um, who've got offices in the US, Japan, UK, Europe, um, actually introduced something internally recently around jawbone and wearable tech, and they got a number of their teams... It wasn't, you know, they didn't have to do it, but people signed up to wearing jawbone, and then they basically started to share their kind of fitness information and data with each other and basically through that kind of built a bit of a community around fitness and all started to do running with each other became a bit competitive and I thought that was really interesting particularly mm. because of the you know the impact that wearable tech is going to have on the workplace in terms of health and you know health and wellness really I think the other thing as well around sort of internal channels like Yammer and the whole notion of the social enterprises you know the operate the, you know, the whole we economy thing and the whole collaboration piece you know the opportunity to break internal silos down with social media to kind of really um, you know sm- smash up the way the enterprise is operate and organise makes them, you know, so much more agile, so much more reactive. And I think that's where we're seeing a huge amount of real true innovation within organisations. It's when, you know, all the different silos are brought down and different bits of businesses can actually talk to each other and relate to each other, makes them much more competitive, much smarter. So I think that whole collaboration piece, which is only enabled really through social Mm. platforms and social tools, you know, is just a massive, massive opportunity that we're going to keep seeing interesting. Excellent. Um, So just a couple more questions to all three of you to finish off. Um, If you could recommend one thing when it comes to using social media for internal comms, what would it be? And also, how do you see things developing? Natasha, let's start with you. Okay. so the one recommendation would be provide content that is really valuable to your employees and their network. Um, And the one development that I think is going to be really exciting is seeing employees consult with their top users on social media on their social strategies. And naturally, that will be LinkedIn, I guess, in your instance. (laughs) It's on my to-do list. (laughs) Um, Sarah? Um, I think one recommendation that Nicholas said that is just, you know, use it, but equally, you know, be really clear about the business and the leadership approach to it. Just don't stick a load of social channels out there and expect internal audiences to understand what what you want them to do with them you know just be really focused about what's business purpose why do you want audiences to get involved you know what are they going to get out of it so just you know don't do it for the sake of it if you're going to do it like really understand why and and um, manage it properly i think that's a key thing in terms of social media in terms of things are developing i think it gave a good example before about you know wearable tech and starting to see you know let's talk about the internet things and you know you know linking up the outside world with kind of content and data and social i think um god the world's your lobster in terms of what's coming in that sense and i'm not sure but exciting stuff and definitely in terms of social media fatigue you know keep 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 engaged keep interested because um it's certainly where it's all at excellent and nicola let's finish with you I think I think we should be brave and I think I've kind of tried to make that point throughout the conversation that we've had. And I think I would I would absolutely make sure that your senior leadership team are doing it as well, are living it. I find the biggest kind of leap in the kind of acceptance of social media was actually getting the board to be on Twitter, doing their own so they can experience it for themselves. And I think in doing that they you will 
ultimately become braver in the decisions that they make because they will support you in the decisions and they'll also support if things don't go according to plan because they understand the social world. So I think they're the kind of be brave but also one way of being brave is actually to bring your key stakeholders with you and that could be the board. I think kind of where is it going? I think you'll find more and more great tools to help you to do this more effectively and more efficiently. So whether that is tools to share easily so that your employees do do it very quickly and can create content really quickly, but also the measurement that we've spoken about before. I mean, we do have great facts, but I think there are more that we would like to know. Um, And I think therefore linking up with our business intelligence, I think as comms people, sometimes we don't do that. But our business intelligence teams that a lot of organisations have, we should be utilising them and getting them to come in and help us be able to measure this more effectively. So we have the right information to ensure you do the right campaigns. Excellent. That's really good information. Thanks to all three of you again for joining me in the studio today. Uh, Sarah Ogden of Three Monkeys, Natasha Gowns uh, from LinkedIn, and of course, O2 Nicola Green. Um, don't forget, if you want to get involved in these podcasts, uh, just contact me on Twitter using at Russ Goldsmith. Um, also, uh, a quick plug, but please do also subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for CIPRSM uh, podcasts in the iTunes store. Um, and importantly, if you do subscribe, give us a rating and, and some feedback because that will help us up the podcast charts as well. Um, thanks again. Go to the team here at Marketeers 40C for hosting and producing the show. And finally, if you want to find out more about the CIPR social media panel, uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well using at CIPRSM. We're taking a break now from recording for a month. Um, So until the next show, thanks for listening and goodbye.